Halo, everybody. This is Calling All Halos. My name is Sam Blum, the host of the podcast. I'm joined alongside my co-host once again, Connor Grossman. Hello, Connor. Hey, Sam. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Um, doing doing better than... Angels. Yeah. And now yeah. that's where you were about to say, so yeah. I said it. It's low-hanging fruit. It's low-hanging fruit. The uh, rough weekend. Uh, rough week, really, for the Angels, who um, went all in at the deadline, very confident, you know, where I believe three or four games out at the time uh, and have immediately lost six in a row since then. So that is I don't a- think they've won since our last podcast. No, uh, no, they did. They won the day after they beat the they beat the Braves on Monday and then they lost every day since then. And um, yeah, I mean, they lost, they lost to the Mariners. They got swept by the Mariners, a team that traded away their closer, who then proceeded to win four straight games against them, all of which required a closer that they seem to have. So it was a tough weekend. I mean, this is like, I, I mean, listen, it, we got to just be honest. Like it, the, the whole point of this podcast right now, we're going to discuss is do the angels have a chance? And um, if they do, it's extremely small. I mean, I, I don't, you know, uh, at this point, they're pretty much out of it. It's, it's just mathematical. What are the, what are the playoff odds? The playoff odds is I just checked them before we started. Uh, fan graphs have them at 2.1% to make the playoffs now so, what if i told you the rest of the season gets played out 100 times in 100 alternate universes and even two of those times somehow they turn it around from a game under 500 and three teams in front of them in the standings and make the playoffs would you even believe that two of those 100 seasons end in the playoffs that's really a good question oh, that's like <laughs> that's, I, what, that's what your two percent playoff odds I mean, it's always like, you know, these statistical probabilities, it's like, what do you, you know, how much do you make of them? But I mean, it, it doesn't take, it doesn't take fan graphs or baseball reference to, to, you can look at the standings and just, and you just know, I mean, it's your seven games out behind the Blue Jays, but not only are, they, are you seven games out, you're basically eight games out because you don't have the tiebreaker against them. So if that's the team that you're going up against, or if you're going up against the Astros who are there eight games behind, the Angels do not have the tiebreaker against them either. Uh, and they're and they can't get it at this point. They've already lost that season series. And then you look and you're like, okay, they need to still jump all these teams. The Red Sox, who are really struggling, the Yankees, who are a disaster themselves, and then the Mariners, who can't lose anymore. <laughs> so I mean, even though it's like, even still, it's, it's like, are, are the Angels better than all these teams? Are they going to jump these teams? Because not only do they have to play like what I would argue at this point is 35 or 34 and 15 baseball to get to 90 wins, which is probably what it's going to take. 34 and 15, which just internalized what we've seen for now 115 or so games with the Angels all year. Do you think they're going to get 35 and 16? It's just it's possible, but it's it's not what we've seen over the course of now more than four months. Then not only that, you also have to look at the other teams and hope that they don't go on a run and that they don't do really well. And that not only do they not do really well, but they actively, in some cases, have to play quite poorly. Like the Blue Jays have to have a bad last 50 games. So it takes, right. it's going to take a lot. Right. Like this feels like an inflection point so much so in that things are either going to get better or they're going to get worse. I mean, this is definitely not rock bottom. You're a game under 500. It could definitely get worse. But even if we get back together, you and I, Sam, a couple weeks from now and the Angels have played 500 since then and they're sitting at about 500. The odds are and not even the odds are it's a virtual guarantee that some number of teams ahead of them in the standings will have played exceptionally over the next couple of weeks, you know, like the Mariners have over the past week and the angels are only going to fall further and further behind. Like 500 at this point is a road to nowhere. So to your point about how they need to win, you know, 
34 games to get to 90 wins. Like that is, it seems almost impossible. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, maybe someone will cut up this clip and, you know, put my face up on a billboard in the clubhouse or whatever, just like, you know, they're going to point darts at it. I don't know. It's like, but are you saying they haven't done that before? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's possible, but I don't, you know, I don't think so. It's just (laughs) in the day. I just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like it's happened in the past. It's happened in the past. You know, you can look at teams that have put together really great 50. I mean, the Cubs right now, they're, they're having an incredible little stretch here. They've gotten right back in the mix. I'm not saying they can't get back in the mix, but getting in the mix is not the goal here. It's like, yeah, can they mm-hmm. make it interesting? Maybe they can make it interesting. Maybe they can get that percentage up from 2% to like get it back to like 10 to 15%. But are you really going to take take the leap and get into a spot where you're actually competing legitimately strongly for a playoff spot? I, I just, I don't know if what I've seen over the last 115 games tells me that that's possible. And then not only that, it's just even if even if you play great baseball, it still might not be enough. And that's the position they put themselves in this week. Totally. This totally. week has been it's been um, it's been as bad as it could possibly be in so many ways. I mean, it's it's indescribable. What, what's it been like to uh, be around the team over this last week? I mean, you know, so after the game today, like Phil Nevin said that, uh, you know, everyone has counted us out, but there's still 26 guys and staff in there that believe that they can do that. And they know what's in front of them. And it's, I mean, it's just, to me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, you have to have that message, right? Like that's, you can't say, Hey, you can't sit up there and be like, we've given up. But at the same time, like, it's like, we're already playing this, like, uh, you know, everybody's counted us out card. Everyone was excited about this team a week ago, you know, or, or two weeks ago, whatever. Everyone's, everyone was, everyone was on the side of the angels. I mean, I think we, we, probably talked about we spent a good hour last week talking about a lot of the risks associated with this strategy and i don't think people agreed with it that much but hey you know what i don't want to say we're right but like this is what we were saying like it's just this is the risk you're taking and if you don't if it doesn't pay off it's going to look really bad and i think this is what like a week later i was not expecting it to kind of look this bad but that's the situation and the risk that they took and that's where they kind of put themselves and like yeah, I mean, I I just disagree with his sentiment that like everyone's was is counting them out and that like it's it's us against the world. It's like, hey man, no one was no one was against you like a week ago. Like this is this is what this is a a situation of your own doing. I mean, this is you can't blame people for counting them out. You can't blame people for counting you out because this is the situation right. you have put yourself in as a team, and that's just sports and that's just reality. Well, don't you think if you gave Phil Nevin some truth serum, he could look you in the eye and say like. Yeah, it's not about us against the world, but I'm just saying something to try to fire the guys up in the clubhouse and Probably. let them know I got their back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think Phil's actually handled all this stuff. Like, we, I've, I've been very complimentary of him because I do think that he's handled wins well. I think he's handled losses well. I think he's handled streaks of good and bad well. Um, I think he's been honest about, you know, the quality of play. He's not sugarcoating stuff. That might have been something I think happened early this year to some extent, and especially last year when he first took over, but it's a, this is a part of the way that he's handled, you know, good and bad that I think is really improved uh, under his tenure. Mm-hmm. And, it's made, and it's made my, frankly, my job better and easier because I feel like if I ask a question, I'm getting an honest answer. And that's important when you have these types of, you know, dynamics for reporters and managers and players and such and such at the same time. Again, it's like I said, I just don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't buy the narrative. I just think it's a little bit like silly and contrived and it's not necessarily like anybody's fault, but the angels, the people are counting them out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe people are, maybe they're going to go and shock the world and go on a great run. 
but um they put themselves in a position where people are not believing in them because they're below 500 they are uh, 49 games left to go and they're really far out of a playoff spot right the thing is if they're going to go on some miraculous run they're going to earn it because they're going to do it against some really great opponents the Giants in playoff position, the Astros in playoff position, the Rangers in playoff position, the Rays in playoff position, the Reds, if they're not in playoff position, they're real close. Yeah. The Mets, not in playoff position. Phillies in playoff position. Vibe right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the Mets and Halos right now are walking the same road. And the Reds. Road. And the Reds. And the D-backs, really. It's kind of like all four of these teams are kind of... That all, you know, all of... Besides the Mets, I mean... All those teams were kind of like fighting for something, and and now it's like right. point being the Angels are playing all of them except the Diamondbacks, uh, just before the end of this month. So it really, if as if there was more cards that possibly could be stacked against the Angels, I mean they're right there. Um, yeah. so yeah, if they're going to turn it around, they're really going to have to earn it because they're playing some really good teams. Um, when you look back at the last week of games that they've lost, I mean most of them have been you know, pretty close games with the exception of the, you know, really the games against the Mariners were relatively close losses. What kind of, what, what was the difference? What I mean, stuck I, out? What, yeah. what went wrong? I look at that and it's a good question. Cause it's like, you know, one day it's pitching the other day. It's like, you just didn't get any hits. You know, it's <laughs> They've like, been good about taking turns. And then some days it's pitching and the offense is good enough. And then the closer just like implodes in that, like for the first time all season. And right. it's well, what it what like all of these things. It's yeah, they, they, the Angels could have been four and zero this weekend. It's not about like them being a horrible team. It's that you've right. put yourself in the position to not win. Like I don't, I don't like see a huge difference between the Mariners and the Angels. In fact, you could make a very good case the Angels are a better team than the Mariners. I don't. Yeah. You know, the records are what the records are, and I've always said that you know your record is 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 the dick indicator of if you're good or not. And there's no other indicator. Nothing else that matters. So in that sense, yes, the Mariners have a better team right now, but. The Angels are like I didn't see a huge difference in the way that you know these two these series the series played out. Other than you know a couple of things just don't go your way, but the, but it's still you put yourself in this position. I think their Angels starting pitching is a problem overall. Like it's not just like hey, like Chase Elseth had a good start today. Like Tyler Anderson pitched well yesterday. It's not like on every single day it's a problem, but I I think you could see a larger bigger picture issue with their starting pitching. Reed Detmers. I don't, you know, running him out there every time now, it's it's becoming a little risky because he's just not, he's not throwing ball for strikes. He's not working efficiently. And now he's actually getting hit kind of hard, which is not usually the way he's lost games, but it's what's happened more recently. Patrick Sandoval, again, a similar situation, a guy that, you you know, you expect to have really made a big leap forward this year. He's taken a few steps back um, overall, and I think he'd be the first to say so. Uh, it's it, overall, I mean, even Otani's had like a little bit of a different year pitching. I wouldn't say it's been like horrible by any means, but he's, he's, you know, at times been vulnerable to walks and, and home runs. So there's just some differences and yeah. in, in, in some, in certain regressions of just like, you know, you need, if you need starting pitching to be reliable on a day in day out basis, like I don't feel like every person that goes out there from the angels, you're feeling like really great about it. Um, not like it's a massive weakness, but that's a problem overall. In their bullpen too. I mean, the bullpen was has taken fluctuations of being reliable and unreliable. But you know, right now, I mean, you're dealing with injuries and um, just generally, like it doesn't feel like there's a ton of guys you could truly rely on out there. And and that's and that's tough, especially when you're working your bullpen really hard, like the Angels have over the last week. Yeah. So this, those are kind of the differences I think between maybe what the Mariners are and what the Angels are. Mariners have great pitching, reliable pitching, and you 
you know you're going to get a quality start almost every time out. So I think that's probably one of the differences. But, man, it's like these were all close games. You know, a bounce for Brandon Drury last night and the ground will double and you never know what happens. Or today there right. was some really bad calls against the Angels. It's just like small things that add up. But at the end of the day, your record tells you that you're one game below 500 and you're not uh, you're not really in the mix at this point. Right. Every team's going to have breaks go for them and against them. And you could reasonably assume that every team is going to have about the same number of breaks for and against them throughout the season. So it's really what you do between all the breaks for and against you that really defines who you are. And I still can't shake this thought from our last pod when we talked about the Mariners deciding to sell while the Angels were decidedly buyers. That the Mariners are the Angels in an alternate alternate universe where... They're rational actors looking sanely at their roster on paper saying, we probably don't have what it takes to win the World Series this year. So let's sell off a few pieces, you know, sharpen up the farm system and just do what you we know, can. The, the crazy thing about the Mariners on. is like the guys who they got back in this trade are now like on their active roster in some cases, <laughs> two of their players at least. Yeah. And their bullpen looks pretty good. And it's like maybe that what they did was more less less selling off but more kind of standing pat and mm. they just have always been a decent. I, I like, if you remember back, I think people were mad at me, like on the first pod that we talked about, I picked the Mariners to win the world series. And that was because of their starting pitching. Really? Did you really? I did. I did. And that's not cause I'm like a big, I, I, I don't, I mean, I think the Mariners have a good team. I've always felt that way about since, since seeing what they did last year, I thought they're going to take a step forward and they didn't for a very long time, but they have a good team in there. You know, they have some really good players, especially on the pitching side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you that, listen, do I think the Angels had an irrational strategy compared to the Mariners strategy? Not necessarily. I think the Angels looked at the context of their situation and made a gutsy decision that right now is not paid off in any way, shape or form. And we discussed the risks in that and and what that could mean for their future long term. I think that, um, you know, would, there, would all those prospects have made the major leagues? Probably not. Would any of them have made the major leagues? Maybe not. Who knows? But at the end of the day, those are assets that you decided to utilize in this very situation. Now, you, those guys maybe wouldn't have made the big leagues, but you could have maybe used them over the offseason to trade or maybe in the deadline next year or let them progress a little bit and see if some of these guys you know, break out a little bit and become major league pitchers. Like Elvis Piguero is someone that you know pitched for the Angels last year and was you know part of one of the deals that ended up uh, getting them Hunter Renfro. Um and I think they Pagero at that point, you kind of look at him, you're like, well, he wasn't very good or anything. And now he's had, a, I think, a pretty great year for the Brewers bullpen, even though he was horrible last year for the Angels. And mm-hmm. I just think like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to these players. So when you trade off 12 prospects, you're put, you put yourself in a position where, you know, you might see some of these guys uh, come back to bite you at some point. Now, that's the nature of baseball, but it's also very risky to do that when you're like multiple games out of a playoff spot and really staring at about a 20 to 25 percent playoff chance like they were at this time last week. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with everything that you said. And, uh, you know, it only makes the angels current predicament that much more of a predicament. Um, they, they have very little room to maneuver from here and their upcoming schedule looks absolutely daunting. It does. That's the, that's the toughest part about it is like, you know, in theory, they, this year, this week going, uh, you know, to the Texas teams would have put you in a position to, you know, a big series, possibly like, listen, I mean, six days ago, the Angels were four and a half games out of the division. And mm-hmm. since then, the Rangers have gone six and oh, and the Angels have gone oh and six. And now that's done. It's just done. 
I think, right? It, it is crazy throughout the course of this marathon season that one week can flip everything on its head like that. I mean, are you kind of, I mean, like, I don't want to say done, done, but like 10 and a half out. I mean, 49 games to play. It's like, it's happened, but it's it, like you, you're just talking about percentages. I mean, I think that the fan graphs and baseball reference and such have that at about like, oh, po- like 0.3%. Right. Right. And you can jump to other teams too. So we're it's not like, demanding the players wake up tomorrow and have the thought in their head that, oh, we're done in the division. But realistically, you look at the numbers and you play out the odds. They are, relatively speaking, done in yeah. terms of competing for the division. Yeah, and that's and that's six days ago. They were right there. Like they were right there. Now I always thought the Rangers had a good team, probably a better team. Mm-hmm. But um not to mention the Astros and, and the Astros were, were having they're not losing the Blue Jays. It's just like all these things, it's just like Right. And the athletes, everybody else is playing well. Everybody else. Right. Right. And I know they're just individual players, but, you know, still the optics of the Rangers getting Scherzer and the Astros getting Verlander. And, you know, I guess if you're a glass half full person and an Angels fan, you could say, oh, well, we kept Otani. That's, you know, kind of like adding him in that we didn't subtract him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Angels' biggest rivals got better. And that certainly doesn't help the situation either. No. Yeah. I mean, I asked Perry, like, were you like, what were your thoughts on these, you know, the teams you're you're chasing? Yeah, you know, getting these guys and he's like, I just focused on ourselves, and that's probably how you have to think. I mean, what you can't expect teams like the Rangers and the Astros right. to go on deadline day and do nothing. And yeah, I'm sure Perry wasn't high fiving his assistant, saying, "Oh, great, Verlander's coming, Scherzer's coming, like crank up the heat." Like, no, of course they're not rooting for these things to happen, but you just kind of have to deal with it. Yep, yep. I mean, it's just a it's a long season, but it's 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 crazy how a long season can be become made very short. In, in just a week I think yeah that's- yeah i think that's a great way to put it and i think when you know you write the book on the 2022 angel season which you're definitely doing right you mean three, um, 23 oh yeah my mistake that's when you book is not going to be that's that's not going to be a you know a page turner <laughs> <laughs> well i guess well jury's out on the 2023 season <laughs> but as i was saying when you write the book on this season it's hard not to think that the past week isn't going to be like maybe the defining set of days and games in the season where it, it feels like sitting here right now that the season decidedly and, you know, permanently took a turn for the worse. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's just, and I look at this series in particular, it's just like this series against this team, this team that, you know, it was crazy because we sit in this, in the press room, that's right next to the visiting clubhouse after games to talk to the manager. Normally that's not an issue. Not that this was an issue, but it's like, normally you just like, you don't hear anything win or lose. It's just like, but like these past few games, you can hear the Mariners losing their shit. And that's just like that you could. And I, I don't know if that's just part of like a, like a routine that they do after they win games. Uh-huh. But a part of me has to believe that man, like, Look back to what happened last year with this brawl. Like, you know, this these teams don't like each other. I mean, even this week, you could tell like there was there was like things happening. I think that may, there were, it was causing some frustration. Um, I don't think these teams want want to have anything to do with each other. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Mariners enjoy beating the Angels. I think that's. I think the Angels, if they were to beat the Mariners, would have a good time with that too. But it's it's uh you know you could just tell like this is it's a decent rivalry. 
that's what I look at this as a rivalry. I mean, as mm-hmm. as things go in the AOS, like you probably have the Angels and the Mariners, and you have the uh, Astros and the Rangers, you know, and and you have the A's and um, the way they treat their fans. So that's uh, <laughs> pretty best. <laughs> yes, A's fans versus John Fisher, one of the best AOS rivalries. Yeah. Yeah, that's um so you're saying as you're trying to have your press conference with Phil Nevin after the game that all the while you're just hearing the Mariners players celebrating yeah yeah you kind of I think they close the doors and stuff so it's not it does it doesn't really like ring through at all but like when you're when you're kind of sitting there waiting for Phil to come in and, and you, yeah you can hear it you heard I heard it all weekend I mean it's 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 just I you just I think it just speaks to the importance of these games for the Mariners mm-hmm. and and not only because of where they are in the standings, like just not not like where the angels were in the standings, but it's like, Hey, I think they take some enjoyment, not only in beating them, but in beating them in these games where it matters so much. And, and, you know, they're, they're both, they came into the series in the same spot. Totally. Now one team is in it and one team is not. Right. And they're definitely, these players on the Mariners are definitely not oblivious to what's what the angels said, what they decided to do to double down on their team and say, they're not buyers. Like, they are not oblivious to the things that we're all discussing. So I'm sure that makes the series sweep that much sweeter for them. Yeah. I mean, and look, their, their GM, Jerry DePoto was the angels GM for a while. So I don't think there's not a lot of love lost there. You know what I mean? It's like, did you hear him celebrating through the no, walls? I don't think he was there this weekend. Um, but um, no, it's uh, yeah, it's, you know, I just, I mean, Scott service, their manager worked for the angels for a long time. So mm. there's, you know, there's, like there, there is uh, I think some connections here. I think that there is enjoyment in um, when each when each team beats the other, you know. So I think mm-hmm. this is a good rivalry, and that's what good rivalries are. I mean, like for as painful as this is for Angels fans, um, and for the Angels team in general, I do think that like when you know when you can tell that it matters so much, like it just it's a good thing for your for your team and for your sport in general to have fun rivalries where like teams hate each other and like. Yeah. And the players hate each other. Like, I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but like, it feels like that's the case. And, and that is, uh, it's just, you know, when the pro sports, when it gets to that, like, that's what makes it fun. In my opinion, you know, it's not, as it happen as much. Like, so it's, uh, if that is the case, then, Hey, you know, I think, I think it's great. I think it sucks for the angels this week and it sucks for their fans this week, but you know, when next time if the angels go in there and sweep them, then it's going to feel just as good for them. So it's, and it's because of all the context. Best rivalry in baseball, Angels, Mariners, or Guardians, White Sox? Oh, boy. I don't know if it's Guardians, White Sox, and more just like... like <laughs> Tim Ramirez. Anderson versus Jose Ramirez? Yeah, like that seems like a... Uh, God. Down goes Anderson. Best call I've ever heard. <laughs> Tom Hamilton on um, the Guardians uh, yeah. radio network delivered you are, you just an it. epic call. Just if epic you call this of podcast, the brawl. You've listened to that. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Um, You're online enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, looking ahead at the next couple of days for the Angels, I've waited all year for this. Yes. This Angels is the, Giants. The Connor series. The two the two teams playing like the worst baseball. <laughs> right. I mean, the Giants, granted, have only lost two in a row. But when those. Uh, that, uh, that is you are those... <laughs> a massive piece of information. <laughs> Sorry. I'm reading the game story uh, off uh, MLB.com. Um <laughs> No, uh, when your two-game losing streak is entirely against the Oakland A's, it might as well be a 20-game losing streak. <laughs> um, <laughs> things have been uh, bleak for the last uh, couple days 
for the Giants, and I've been waiting 21 years for this uh, 2002 World Series rematch, which has happened many times since 2002. But uh, it's happening again, and the Angels are obviously in a more desperate spot than the Giants, who are 10 games over 500, tied for the first wild card in the National League. But it's been this entirely strange phenomenon over the last month with the Giants, where they have been... You probably don't even know this, Sam. They have been the worst. The Giants assume nothing that I. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you, and it will really place (laughs) these next three games into context. The Giants have been the worst offensive team in baseball since mid June. And here, mid June, it has been almost two months of putrid offense for the Giants. And the flip side of that coin, it's been almost two months of outstanding pitching. Their bullpen is among the best in baseball. And it's really a who's who of who's that. I wouldn't expect fans to really recognize these people that come out of the Giants bullpen, but they've been great. Um, But the Giants are, you know, as curious as any team in baseball, despite being 10 games over 500. um, Their offense is entirely built on hitting home runs and striking out. And uh, it's been a lot more of the latter than the former. You know who is interesting on that team that I think Angels fans care about uh, is Alex Cobb. And yeah. well, he started today against the A's and didn't go well. Oh, it did. Oh, I was going to say he's looked like he's been really good recently. So, I mean, that's like, it's interesting because generally this season he has been yeah. in 21 at the end of the year. I mean, he kept saying he wanted to come back, wanted to come back, wanted to come back. And I don't know if the it sounded like when we talked to him in spring last year, there wasn't maybe as much of a return interest on that, at least not mm-hmm. as much as he would have expected. But it's like, yeah, I mean, the Angels could have used it. Alex Cobb right now. I mean, this guy's having a quite a, you know, quite a year for himself, uh, I guess they lost to the uh, he lost to the A's, but uh, in general, I mean, am I wrong? He's had a, he's had a really solid season. No, he's been great. And the Giants, um, it'll be interesting to see how this series plays out in terms of the starting pitchers or lack thereof, because this season for the Giants, it's really only been Logan Webb and Alex Cobb as the two consistent starting pitchers, and almost forty to fifty percent of their games this season seemingly have been bullpen games or started by a reliever, otherwise known as the opener strategy. Um AKA. which is decidedly not sexy and weird and hard to wrap your head around, but the Giants are ten games over five hundred when they start an opener. So it's working. They're crunching the numbers and it's coming up Giants. So they're gonna keep doing it and they're definitely going to be doing it against the Angels. Um, but to your point about Cobb being a solid option for the Giants this year, yeah, he's been great. And in the context of what you're saying about the Angels starting pitching, you know, not being that way, it, uh, you know, makes it sting probably a little bit more for Angels fans and maybe even that Angels front office who look back second guessing uh, their decision making about, you know, who they decided to sign and who they decided to let go. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's it's like it's hard to look at like all the moves they made over the last couple of years. And I think overall the moves have been good. Overall the moves have been good. I mean right. they certainly have I mean it's like anything else. Like do I fault them fully for all of the stra- their deadline strategy? You know, not necessarily. I think you could have justified it and we talked a lot about this last week and but it's it does it if it doesn't work, it just doesn't look good and, and now here you are a week later and you know maybe these guys weren't that like, the right guys to be picking up, you know. Uh, Lucas Giolito really was has not been great so far. I mean, that two starts, I'm not gonna you know, ding him for that too much, but mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Gritchick and um, Crone, I mean, they've been fine. It's just, it, it, I don't know, it's like, it's just, is, is that what's gonna put this team over the top? 
it's not it's not it hasn't done it yet uh, i don't know uh, it's just all the moves over the last couple of years it's hard i guess I'm, I'm kind of like lost in train of thought here but it's like yeah i don't do have they done a lot of things wrong they made a huge mistakes not necessarily they can really pinpoint but right. have they made the right moves that have put them in position to win no and i and i don't always know if that's if that's perry's fault or not but it, it's where they are and and um you know where they are right now is like is pretty much pretty much uh pretty much cooked not fully but you know it's not well done yet but it's getting there right and i mean do you think it's going to be strange on wednesday with otani starting against his future team is that something that people are <laughs> going to be focused on oh boy you're gonna like get a bunch of like angry tweets from you know all of our loyal listeners um uh i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna like. I, I you know, I'm for the like, record, anyone who's followed the Giants, the Giants makes some sense. I mean, they do. I mean, we're not gonna. I can't lie to you, right? Are- but anyone who's followed baseball free agency up close or from afar should know that all the Giants do is finish in second for top tier free agents: Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton. The list goes on. I mean, they are always left at the altar, and uh, I'm sure that'll probably be the case uh, with Otani. Oh, Correa too. Yeah, couldn't. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah, that was a third of a billion dollars that uh they saved. Yeah, big time, bigly, for um, what you know I imagine will be a, a push to get Otani. I mean, if that all, if it like if you if like you don't get Judge and you don't get Correa, you don't get all these other guys, but then you get Otani because of that. You're probably. Oh, okay. I mean, look, the Giants are going to back up the truck for Otani, but that's not going to stop him from going to the Dodgers. <laughs> Well, he might. Who, who knows, bro? I think, I think KC's in the mix. Pittsburgh, you know, we'll see. It's gonna be all. <laughs> maybe if he's blindfolded and throwing a dart at the map, maybe that's how those cities are in play. The athletic is gonna be like, well, can you get? Can you move to Kansas City? <laughs> and your answer? Yeah, why not? Just, just you know, just move me, move me, and my dog, and we'll, we'll be all right. Uh... <laughs> Has Otani said anything over? Uh... This last week, I know he speaks infrequently to you he guys. Yeah, he doesn't say much about. It. I mean, he says things. He doesn't say things about this stuff, um, mm-hmm. which to be expected. I mean, it, you know, it'll be interesting if they continue on this slide. I think those questions get a little louder. Um, mm-hmm. Fairly, fairly so. I mean, I don't know. I, Would I, you expect I, him to continue? You know, deflecting, deflecting, deflecting. I'm here, happy to be an angel. Um, just want to turn it around you know i mean listen I, it's it's a good question because like i think there's two different ways to look at otani and, and and like how he's supposed to kind of address these things like one is hey like he's a player on this team right now and if i were a teammate of his i wouldn't want him like talking about like his free agency and like like i'm unhappy with this right like mm-hmm. he's part yeah. of it right like he's part of the winning and the losing when it's good it's bad like i i get that he's in his own way something completely different than all the other players in major league baseball and especially on the angels but that's one way to look at it. And the other way to look at it is like, yeah, I mean, he is different and he is someone that like, you know, moves markets when he opens his mouth, right? Like the world watches and, and he is viewed in a, in a totally separate way from the rest of, of his team as this international global superstar. And so, yeah, it's like those questions are very fair, right? Mm-hmm. About, about what he wants and like how he views this losing. And so I think that he's, working both within the context of being a member of a team that probably shouldn't be like, like thinking, you know, about packing it up and walking out and being upset because he's, you know, for as good as he is when they lose is he's a part of that. And for as, you know, mm-hmm. as good as he is when he wins, he's there, he's probably a bigger part of that. So it's just, it, it's, um, 
it's a tough it's a tough kind of like line to, line to walk but uh yeah i mean it's uh what do you, you know he's going to get asked the questions and i wonder if those answers will kind of get kind of start changing up if if you know as they get to the finish line of, of his contract with the angels 49 more games to go and and you know it's it's going to become real very real very soon last thing i'm wondering any update on uh when mike trout is supposed to return I mean, it seems like he's progressing well. He's picked up a bat. Uh, I believe he started hitting a little bit. Um, you know, probably. I mean, listen, it's, it's still going to take a little bit of time to ramp up. And in theory, this month is that what the Angels have been I think, saying? I think it's probably more. I think it's even better than this month. I would guess in the next couple of weeks, but um, it's not like they give too much of a concrete timeline on that stuff. And and so it could be. It could be really soon. It could be longer. There's a bunch of guys that they kind of need to get back, and I think that the, the one of the one of the really uh, frustrating things I would imagine for the Angels front office is, you know, they probably knew they weren't going to go on some massive run with a really tough schedule and some of these guys out. But I think that their hope was, you know, you play 500 baseball, maybe you stay within three to five games of a playoff mm-hmm. spot, you get to September, you have Trout back, you have Hoppy back, you get Drury back, you got maybe Neto back come, coming back, you get your whole lineup that you want in there. And then, then you get the A's six times, right? Like, mm-hmm. then you get, then you get some of these teams that you can just go and beat up on for a week. And hey, that those three games out turns into one or two in the last week or so, and you maybe make that little push. But the downside of 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 like they of way they played right now is that like, you know, I don't think they really were expected to go in and and just start win every game. But I think what they were hoping for is to put themselves in a chance to have a shot for when these guys came back. And mm-hmm. what the way they played is kind of taking that shot away, not eliminated it, but it's it's. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I think August 6th is, I don't know, a day or maybe a week too early to conduct a full funeral on the Angels 2023 season. But all I would say to Angels fans, when Trout does come back, um, you know, don't take for granted the games that, uh, you know, Trout and Otani have left to play together because who knows it's if like, he doesn't come back. I don't know. I just feel like it's something worth, savoring not only as an angels fan but really as any baseball fan today to have two of the greatest games or the two of the greatest players in the game sharing the field together on the same team it just it doesn't happen that often like the it, and baseball is not the nba um i just think it's something you know worth savoring i agree but it, you know at the same time i also think that like angels fans are sick of that like they're sick of just appreciating their great players and it's i get you know like if you're a trout fan that's great if you're an Ota- i think there's a lot of people that are Otani fans that yeah. whether or not you know just people that have been brought into the sport because of what he's done that's it's it's special to watch those guys play but i think if you're an angels fan it's like yeah. you're sick of just appreciating great players i mean it's you know you want you want competent leadership you want, totally it's just it's like i bang the drum so much on this it's just like i get it it's you know it's like it i agree like you i think angels fans should really try to save her especially otani because hey like having this guy in this uniform having the year he's having this past three years. I mean, uh, if it is the end, I mean, man, you got the three best seasons anyone's ever played back to back to back each better than the last. I mean, that is, man, that's mm-hmm. an era. That's a, that's an F an era, but Hey, if it doesn't lead you to even a winning, I mean, the question now to me is partially, are they even gonna have a winning record? You know? Yeah. It's like, if they don't even get winning records on that front, if they don't get to the playoffs, it's like, it's not a national narrative. I know Angels fans get frustrated by this whole idea that the national media is picking on them. And I, I do think that happens from time to time and they get used as a punchline for people that aren't very funny. 
but hey man like these narratives aren't coming out of nowhere right like, these are real like this is this is the failures that take place and i think everyone recognizes it i think it's a good point that angels fans do get told all the time to appreciate having trout and otani on the field at the same time so point well taken but at the same time, the last three Septembers might as well have been National Appreciation Month because what yeah. else are you going to do if you're an Angels fan? You're going to stare solemnly at the standings that don't show your team moving up in them? Like That's why I thought it made sense to, to consider trading him. As painful as it is, it's like that is what I thought. Is like, like what is the benefit? of it, it? The only person it benefits when you have a guy that sells tickets and sells merchandise and sells advertising, the only the only person that's benefiting that from that is the owner of the team like the fans benefit from seeing otani in their jersey and you know in, in their uniform and playing for them and, and it's amazing and it's cool but like hey like what do you want more do you, do you want to win do you want to win 24 do you want to win in 25 like that's i'm not saying they needed to trade them this year or last year it's like you know they, you make good cases either way but i just part of me feels like man like i don't know if they're like even considering those things as much as they are just like we want this guy in our in our uniform and and mm-hmm. at the expense possibly of, of, hey, like just finally being really competent, really great organization. So it's it's tough, man. It's It really is. I, I know I feel for Angels fans as, as much as I interact with them. It's like I feel for them because, you know, I, I want to see I want to have those guys be happy. I want to have fans like you know, have something to be excited about. Um, and I want to cover it. I think it'd be fun. But yeah, uh, man, it's like they just just don't do it. It just doesn't happen. It's And, and you have to just. You have to tell like it is. You have to just be honest about the, the circumstances. And I think that's what we've done here for the last, you know, 38 minutes. You know what I just realized the Angels need? The Angels need a 2007 Rockies-like run to Rocktober, where the Rockies, I haven't looked at the 2007 Rockies in a long time. But they, I believe, had to be in some sort of similar situation to what the Angels are in now. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically, like, run the table or ran the table all of September and didn't lose. Um which again, we're saying is almost impossible, not completely impossible. Um, they need some kind of miraculous run like that. And that's a run that, look, I'm still talking about here, uh, you know, 16 years later. So it's not impossible. And with Otani and Trout being, you know, the stars of that kind of run, I mean, it's the type of thing that could be remembered forever. But unfortunately, the Angels are in a position where they kind of need a run of winning that will have to be or will end up being remembered for a long time. Like that's the spot that they're in. It will take an extremely memorable run of good baseball to get back to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there are examples literally, you know, baseball history is littered with examples. Not only was the 2007 Rockies thinking about the 2007 Phillies, right? I can't forget that. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, there's this, it, it happens, you know, I think the 2011 Cardinals or was it 20 is 2011 Cardinals. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they might have been like 13 games out and around the beginning of August. So there, there are examples of this happening. So it's why that's why I couch, you know, some of the pessimism with you know a realistic, you know, understanding that there's uh, there's poss- there are possibilities that are out there. And I think that if we're going to leave this podcast on a positive note, it's that it's not over yet. There are ch- there's a chance that they can come back. There's a chance that they can make the playoffs. There are 49 games left, and they're seven out. So you do the math, right? It's not done, but it is uh it is difficult. And um, you know, it's happened in the past though. So no reason to stop watching now. And um if you believe that the Angels are going to make the playoffs, you need to go to Vegas right now and make some bets because this is the best time to do it. 
Um, I'm not gonna do that, but uh, you know, I wasn't talking to you, but I'm just uh, saying. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want good value on the Angels making the playoffs, value is pretty strong. Yeah, before they go and play uh, Connor's Giants. So this is really the Connor, the Connor, uh, the Connor Bowl. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And, we'll and be watching. Uh, big A. Yes, every pitch of every inning, and yeah. uh, if the Giants can get more than three or four hits. We'll consider it a win, even if it's a loss. <laughs> oh boy, there's more in common with the Angels and the Giants than we probably should admit. Um, yeah. <laughs> we need if the Angels and Giants could appear on Immaculate Grid every day, uh, we could have a field day. Um, Matt Duffy is my go to uh, Angel Giant of recent memory, but Matt Moore as well. I used Tony Watson recently. Oh, wow, that's a great one. Yeah, there's I do well in the Immaculate Grid when I can, um. When I can, uh, you know, just use my wealth of angels, random angels knowledge. You know, he's a great person to put for Angels Giants, by the way. We've mm-hmm. talked, we were talking about him offline on Tuesday. Great immaculate grid name, Kevin Padlow. <laughs> yeah, I used him today for, for Pirates and uh, um, Rays. And because uh, <laughs> the, the guy's played for five different major league teams, but has not recorded more than nine games for any of those teams. So he's a uh, man. That's a great that, that is impressive. He's like every time you you use him, he's gonna be like, I shouldn't be giving away my secret, but like he's like point oh two percent. You should definitely fill out an entire grid with current and former angels and share it out so that we can all uh, admire and appreciate. Yeah, yeah, man, God, just lot lot. Like you, you could make you could play the entire immaculate grid with just people that appeared on the angel. Oh, Stephen Duggar with just people that appeared on the angel. Benji Molina. Yeah, <laughs> in the last three years. <laughs> um all right guys well th- thank you everyone for listening if you made it this far we appreciate it and um you know we'll come back at you we're gonna actually gonna do a an in-person pod i imagine and uh because i'll be seeing cotter in about a week and a half or so well we know how that sounded last time so yeah. we'll come back <laughs> we'll and try to do better we'll do better and you know, in the meantime hopefully you go and um you know please give us a rating on uh hopefully a positive rating but give us a rating on apple or spotify or wherever you know, you're listening to this and, um, you know, just let us know what you think, because that, that helps us. It helps people get engaged and continue, uh, you know, building this audience, which, uh, you know, we love, love to continue building it beyond uh, all of the loyal listeners that we have now. So thank you so much for, for listening. And uh, we'll be back again. Uh, we'll be back again soon. So uh, we'll see what happens.